1: Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined.
3: What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. That doesn't sound good. The paper shredder's jammed, but I think I fixed it. Oh, well, try shredding these $50 bills then. Seems like it's working. Mm, better try another 400 bucks. Stop. Instead of using money, use regular paper. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary.
0: Behind home plate, we bringing it to a all day. all day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Bird Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at. Section three, 336, we on this, so tune in. tune in, you know what's up, welcome to Birdland, yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland, you know what's up, welcome to Birdland. Birdland, now, here
1: come the boys from Section
0: 336.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, next generation of Baltimore sports talk, I am your endearingly southern host. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Rocha. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. Coming off a disappointing uh, weekend against
2: Tampa Bay, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was, I think that was the frustrating thing is it was missed opportunities. And we had a chance where we went in, especially going in Friday night real strong. I think there was hope that we could take the series like we did the weekend before with, with Toronto or the week before.
4: Yeah, we had a couple shots that didn't work out. But see, it's a long season; it's a lot of games left to be played. Now going up against
2: Toronto, we'll see where this thing goes. But um, uh, we're we're in the middle of Ravens preseason games, and I don't care because we've got base meaningful baseball in Baltimore, and we yeah, didn't I see it coming this did year. not know no one did
4: when that first had they played their second preseason game yet?
2: No, just the first one. Yeah, I and literally only did not know the about the first one until after it happened. Oh, yeah. It's only because I produce film study that I know anything right now about the Ravens.
4: Yeah. Which is because, great, yeah, which is how it should not, be. Um, and we haven't even gotten into all like the, I feel like this time last year, the only thing we would be waiting for is like to call up Jemai Jones or talk about the offseason. And right now, we're not talking right. about calling up Jemai Jones. We're talking about call, talk, uh, calling up Gunnar Henderson, who's definitively not Jemai Jones. And we got a team, obviously, it's fun to talk about the call-up still, but we got a, a, a team that we're putting out there every day that's that's competitive. And that's, you know, that's all we could ask for this season. So I'm still, I mean, I'm trying my best, even despite the recent struggles, uh, to enjoy the ride, because this is a unique, fun team. And I think this will always be remembered kind of as the beginning yeah. of, you know of, of, of a, oh, agree. a a new era of Orioles baseball. So I'm, I'm just enjoying the ride.
2: I agree. I also wouldn't really call this struggles. We, won, we lost two. We lost one series. We won the series before this. I mean, yesterday's game was frustrating because the did nothing until the ninth inning. Um, and even actually, even Saturday, being in person, both games were frustrating because I went out to Tampa, had a great time on Friday night, um, great win by the Orioles. Lots of runs, blowouts to the point that the Rays fans are in the bathrooms. You know, and this team's an effing embarrassment. Well, they, they, they and, brought in the position player to throw 45 miles exactly. per hour. Got to 37. 37 it
4: still boggles my hour. mind why you can't throw 60 miles per hour. I never will understand that.
2: Because I think they tell you the pos- I think when they put a position player in there, they tell them to just lob it in there. They don't want it to hurt their arm or something. Josh, that's the dumbest thing
4: I've ever heard. You're telling me when pitchers are, are when players, when I'm watching from the sideline before the game starts, and they're tossing the ball back and forth, they're throwing the ball harder, just tossing the ball back and forth I know, and then, I than than they are when they go into pitch. You don't have to like throw hundred miles per hour, but you can't just throw like you're playing like you're tossing the ball. Right. But I could literally go out there and a, throw harder. But do you
2: think you'd throw a strike? Yes, I get their strikes. Do you think? Do you think there's a speed limit where, like, forty miles an hour, it's hard to hit a home run off a forty mile per hour pitch? What speed do they throw toss the home run derby at? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's like, you know, six, like I would say like, it's like seventy or sixty,
4: right? Sixty. So do you think
2: part of it is if you throw up in that sixty seventy, guys are just going to tee off you?
4: Yeah, and 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 I guess maybe that, and maybe it's like a. Uh, um, you know, if you go play softball and then go play baseball, maybe it throws off your timing. Maybe they're hoping the timing gets a little thrown off the next <laughs> time they play seven-mile-an-hour
2: pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's embarrassing whenever you need a position player to And that pitch. game was
4: what? That was like a, like a, a four- blowout. or five-run game. It wasn't when they brought in the position player. That was...
2: Uh, I think... It was, no, it wasn't like 10-2. to two.
4: Oh, I didn't think it was that much. I thought it was no more than six. But we can go back and check. I mean, after the fact, it was, but... I think when they brought him in... No, that was, was- that was
2: the end of the game. They didn't score any extra runs on the position player. We didn't get any runs
4: on the position player? I don't think so. Mm-hmm.
2: Because I think once the position player goes in, I think even the batters aren't even trying. And you're like... Because the final score was 10-3. to 3, We scored one run in the ninth. Okay. So it was 9-3 to 3 at the time. Which, what I don't get is... Now, it paid off for the raise, I guess, but... Because they won the next two, but I don't get putting in a position player in a six-run game with the playoffs on the line. Like and I know they're not on the line. I know there's lots of baseball to play, but you're talking about a division rival, and your six game six runs. Like
4: yeah, I hope and that I when they had the Orioles down six, and stuff. they're
2: still trying.
4: Right. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things I want to get to in this today's show. I want to talk about D.L. Hall, of course. Um, I and, saw him and, in person. Uh, what's that? I got to see him in person. You guys see him in person. Exciting. Um, we talk about both his performance and also how the Orioles used him, um, opening up on and the road, they, and then his future, right. and how they're going to use him in the future, which is interesting. That's, we can also get to, um, I'm really kind of befuddled recently by um, Manager Hyde's Lineup construction. I'm not really understanding what hem, and maybe it's also Michael no. Elias. I don't know who makes lineups.
2: No, no, no. It's it's confusing as anything.
4: I don't really understand what's happening there. So I want to get to that. Saturdays.
2: Too. Saturdays was irritating, and Sundays was irritating because of the construction. So I'm all with you for let's talk about this lineup breakdown. Yeah. Even I don't. I even don't get tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't get any
4: of them to be honest. And and this is coming in the. I mean, especially when you talk about a. Um and let's just, I guess, start there and then we'll go back and get to the Hall. But but Sundays right. in particular, because you felt like I mean we all said it, this is like the biggest game since 2016. This is the, I mean, this is a huge game because it controlled the tiebreaker with Tampa Bay. So if you end up tied, there's no one game 163. The right. you know the winner of this game gets the tiebreaker. Yeah. And and so and so that's and so that's kind of what's on the line. And you throw out a lineup of, here was a lineup. It was um, Mullins, Rutschman, Santander, which is a good top three. I'll take Mullins, Rutschman, like, Santander yeah, top three all day. I like that. I love Rushman in the two hole. Yeah. I like that a lot. And then number four, Urias or Urias. I don't. I don't He's understand been the, what hop at. the whole. He's been the whole past
2: month. Yeah, I, I do I don't want Urias there, but whatever. Well, Mancini laughed. They don't know what to do with it. Right.
4: And that, that is, Josh, you look at the glaring hole in this team. We're seeing that's tonight's Mancini. lineup where the obvious, like, ooh, that looks weird, is Nevin at DH batting ninth. Yeah. And the only reason that's happening is because Trey Mancini's not here. This lineup will be, and that's my whole argument before, like, forget about the good story. Oh, he's such a good story. And you can't, tra- no, like, he's a good well, player and we need him in our lineup. Well, here's the
2: difference. The difference is we're talking two weeks ago. In two we- Or three weeks ago, really. What's today, like the 15th, 16th? Two and a half weeks ago. And uh, they traded Trey Mancini for a simple answer of Elias thought that when we go into this stretch of Toronto, Tampa, Toronto, this team's going to fall apart and not going to still be in it. And here we are two weeks later, and the team is still in it. Yep, and you hear we the one come- from Michael Elias on SiriusXM Radio where he said he thinks the are going to make the playoffs now. Yeah, well, if you thought you were going to make the playoffs two weeks ago, Mancini would have been helpful right now. But he didn't. I get it. He no, he didn't. But he now didn't. he does. I like his other quotes, and we're going to have to break down some of his quotes. But uh, how much do you think that is? The he felt the that he felt that the energy from the players about the negative thing he said before saying he didn't believe in his players.
4: Yeah, clear 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 clearly. But if you look at the rest of the lineup, like, so Urias Platinum for it, do you think he
2: well hold on hold on. Yeah. But my okay, question is, does he really believe the Orioles are going to make the playoffs? Or did he get such negative pushback that he's now just publicly saying he thinks they're going to make it? Yeah, I mean I But I, he's I, making all the moves as if they're not going to make it.
4: Yeah. I mean this feels like a team and this goes back to lineup construction and also the roster construction. This feels like a team that's like I don't know, it's like it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's like a middle schooler searching for its identity before it blooms into a beautiful high school. Like this is a a a team that like is kind of there but doesn't want to fully embrace being there. So it's in this awkward in-between stage.
2: Right? Yeah, I I, I see I see what you're saying. But the weird thing is we have some parts that are ready to go that we could bring up if we thought we were making the playoffs this year, if we wanted to make the push. And the question is, does Elias believe that or not? Because he's, every move he shows that he doesn't believe that, he can go ahead and go on TV and say he believes it or go on XM radio and say he believes it. But the, the moves, you know, it's, it's the whole show me by actions. Let me see your actions. Actions speak louder than words.
5: Yeah, because we shared last episode.
2: We we shared
4: in last episode his quotes about how he's his roster construction is gonna be kind of based off, you know, being competitive this year and and what we need to do to, to win. But you can't say that and you can't also show me the lineup, you know, from the biggest game of the year on Sunday, or or from today's lineup. You can't look at that lineup, look at our whole roster and say this is the very best lineup we can put in the field. You can't say that. It's not the best lineup. No, I, we can make a better lineup than this with with, with given yep. what we have on the, on this team. Um, so so I, I I I don't want to hear that. Um, so so finishing up the,
2: Odor was batting fifth. Now now, there's been a lot of hate for Odor lately, but when you look at the stats, Odor has been batting the past month better than Alston Hayes. Better than Ryan Mountcastle. He's getting on base. I believe was it Sunday or Saturday that he? Had, it was Saturday that he got four hits. I think it was in the, in this Friday. Was it Friday? I think no. Friday Mateo got five. I believe Odor got four on Saturday. I believe okay. this is the lineup you're tearing down. Odor Odor got four.
4: Uh, no, he got four on. I'm just looking at it right now. He got four on Friday and two on Saturday. Okay. All right. Along with a uh, walk. So, yeah, he got base. He, 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 got, on he base got on base but seven times games. in two games.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Right. So, Odor's been really lighting it up lately. Yeah. Mm. He, 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 he had a good series. Um, right. He still had that game where he almost tried to lose the game, but then he got that two-run shot last week to, to win the game. Yeah. And then and then
4: the rest of the lineup is Hayes, Mateo. I'm sorry. No, that's not right. That's t- today's lineup. Yeah. Um, but the, the rest of the lineup on Sunday, the biggest game since, two, two, since 2016, after Odor, you have Hayes, Mateo, Nevin, and Phillips. Um, I mean, Nevin's is batting 201,
2: Phillips 145, Mate- Phillips, Yeah. Phillips should not be on this team. Phillips was in that lineup on Sunday not to help the Orioles win. Phillips was in that lineup because you're in Tampa and everybody loves Phillips in Tampa. You should not construct a baseball team when you're fighting for playoffs based on everybody likes this guy. He shouldn't be on the team. No, I, I mean, understand I understand the Phillips move. No, I
4: think you're absolutely right. And if you want to make some kind of weird argument that you want him to be this defensive replacement guy in the ninth inning, okay, maybe you can convince me of that. But you cannot convince me that he should be starting any game. Oh, and by well, the way, they're, uh, Mad- Manager Hyde loves the splits. He loves the splits. Yes. So you want to get yes. a lefty in there against the righty, another lefty at bat. And, and pointing out the obvious, if you want to construct your best lineup, Kyle Stowers is a better player right now offensively than Phillips, and it's not even close. So Kyle Stowers should be there over Phillips, and it's not even close. Now, if you want to say... And- we're still in development stage and we're still in rebuilding mode and we still need Kyle Stowers to develop. That's one argument. But don't tell me that you're putting on the best lineup when you're putting Brett Phillips over there when Kyle Stowers could be hitting in that position and and, and bringing at least a potential for power. Right. Brett Phillips bring you, brings you potential for, for really nothing offensively. And, and it's one and thing, or, Josh. It's one d- more d- comment about either.
2: it. either. Because you don't want him as your late, late in a defensive replacement because you have Ryan McKenna. And Ryan really McKenna good. is not an every, right who is, but Ryan McKenna is not an everyday player. Wow, he is your late in and defensive replacement.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Ryan McKenna as, as an everyday player, but that's just me. And it seems like n- now they're doing some kind of platoon with McKenna and Mullins, which, by the way, yeah. I'm a huge fan of. I think we should do that platoon well, all day, every day.
2: Mullins has been in a big slump, well, so they want him to work his way out of it. Well, he struggled against not, lefties, so put up. Ryan
4: McKenna in there, who said lefties well. It seems to be an obvious news. But my point over Brad Phillips is, okay, if you want to make this argument that he's really good defensively, so we happen there defensively, that's okay if you're getting production out of every other part of the lineup. But we're, we're, right. Hayes has struggled the second half of the year. Mountcastle is only good when you play the Blue Jays. Um, we talked about Nevins batting 201. Um, Odor, even with being on fire lately, still only bat 206. Urias had a hot month of July, but now he's down to batting 244. And so, if you want to have, I mean, this is lineup cannot afford another non contributor offensively. We have too many weak offensive players that we can't afford another one. And that brings me to my like, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I see people say, like, that, that I saw someone tweet out that we don't need to sign Carlos Correa because we have Jorge Mateo. This team lacks two things. Well, no, it doesn't. Lack, it, lacks, it lacks a lot of things. But one thing I <laughs> talked about all the time is this team has no depth whatsoever. And that's yes. what's shown by when you trade Tremoncini and you have no one to replace him with but 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 Tyler Nevin. Um, this team has no depth. When Ryan McCaus was hurt or Austin Hayes goes out, we have no one to replace him with, no talented players Um, to replace these guys with. We lack depth. People get hurt. People need days off. And this team has Ryan McKenna, who I think is a really good piece. But outside of that, you look at this bench, you're like, there's no depth here. Um, Offensively, I I know people like to say, you know, we can roll out this team um, next year. You had Gunnar Henderson and we don't need to sign any free agents because this offense is good. Um, we're, We're 19th in baseball run scored. 19th. That's not going to get it done, especially when you're starting pitching is just kind of average too. Um, you look at OPS, look at the power numbers, again, 19th. If you go, and I was doing this just as a thought experiment, because you look at it, okay, offensively, what positions do we need to upgrade? And so I was just looking kind of at war, position to position. Um, Josh, we only have one position that we have a player in the top 10, just one position and, of course, that's Adley Rutschman, who's yeah, the ad- one guy, and he's played, by the way, 30 less games than all the other catchers, and he's still, like I think, five in war. But but every other guy, every other thing, you know, we have Jorge Mateo is having a great year, 13th in war. Santander um, Santander right. Santan Santan Dar- is like 15th in war in his position. So if you look at position, 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 and you want to have, I, I think in my mind, you want to have top 10, maybe a couple top five players in each position— and we're just right. not there yet at all. And so this idea that we're just a Gunnar Henderson away from being kind of a AL East contender is so silly to me. We need to sign players. We need to bring talent in along with the guys we're bringing up. I just don't think our offense is just a Gunnar Henderson away from being a top offense in baseball. I think we're Gunnar Henderson, a Carlos Correa, and maybe getting rid of some of the I think it cost hours, getting rid of a Brett Phillips. Uh, I just think we're several pieces away from being that great great offense and I think I mean it's showing, right it's shown um, over the past couple games.
2: Yeah no, I, I agree and it's and I think that's also why back to um, Michael Elias, it's why the line the quote you saw from this week was that he that the checkbook is open and wide open and the payroll is going to increase drastically and all those type of quotes. Because he knows you need to bring in those bats, you need to bring those guys in. We have a lot of guys to bring up and fill holes, but we don't have a dominant player outside of Adley. Yeah, and that's my point, Josh. I feel like we have a lot of like
4: pretty good players. Austin Hayes, we, pretty good player. Mullins, pretty good player. Right. a pretty good player. They're not. They're not top. They're not all stars, right? They're we not don't have all stars.
2: We don't have a team of five, five all stars. No, back we used to have like what five six. One season, didn't we have six All Stars? You would go back to the Roberto Alomar,
4: Palmero, Ripken. Yeah, that group. Oh uh, no,
2: and no, I'm not even going back that far. Didn't we have like uh, Chris Davis and some other guys? Didn't we have uh, like Chris Davis, J.J. Hardy, Machado? No, I don't think ever we ever had, had more than like
4: maybe three during those years. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't really remember my All Star appearances. M- M- Manny Machado was certainly in that list. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe was, a Manny, and we Chris had, Davis, and another guy ABB. maybe.
2: And we had guy. We had multiple gold gloves. Like we had good things going, where it was more than one guy. You go back to there, and it was Chris Davis, Manny Machado, Matt Weeters. We had solid guys at all positions. There's a reason why right now everyone questions outside of Baltimore how this team's winning, because there's Adley Rushman. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's there's a a bunch
4: of of kind of of other people, and then there's a bunch of pretty good players. And then also some bad players. Like, j- just look at Odor's numbers overall this year. Brett Phillips' numbers or Nevin's numbers. Like, we have and um, average and then a bunch of terrible players.
2: Right. Which just goes back to that point of Mike Elias, your action show, that you don't think we're making the playoffs this year. Because if you think you're making the playoffs, you do whatever you can. Because once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. But the fact that Brett Phillips is still on this team, the fact that you made a move for Brett Phillips and two weeks later he's still on that team shows you that you are not trying to win, make, win it in the playoffs. Yeah.
4: Yeah, which is fine. Odor, I, can under, fine. I, can,
2: I can accept Odor because I know he's a clubhouse guy. Yeah, he's I, been there the whole season. Bringing Brett Phillips in makes no sense. I mean, I can only accept
4: Odor if you're not playing him every day, but maybe that's a high decision. I don't know why Vavra, yes. who has just shown he can get on base all the time, why is Vavra not playing every day? And why is Odor
2: not your bench piece in later No, Odor situations? should be your bench piece. Yeah. Odor should be your bench piece, clutch hit in. Um, yeah, you can. I'm fine with the McKenna-Mullen split. Yeah, but you should have Stowers up here. Then suddenly you can rotate in. You bring up Stowers, then you can give Santander time off. Let him DH. You can make you can make much more flexibility, a way better lineup, and a way better bench if you just brought a couple guys up.
4: Yeah. And and this team, again, lacks I said ranked nineteenth in offense. We we lack um we're even lower than that, I think in home runs. We, Is, we we lack a punch. And Stowers, even if he's not as good as Brett Phillips defensively, he gives you that offensive punch, which you need because you're not getting it from other players, especially now with Hayes struggling and
2: Uribe's what is the a point? Bit. What is the point of Nevin's up here? I, I mean, I think they like that. He's right-handed. That
4: he he can play the corner infield positions. I think um, they were he, they were trying
2: to work out in Tampa. They were pregame working out with Varvara at first base. Oh, they're working out Odor at third. and Odor even made an appearance at third base. Yeah. So do you think maybe they're trying to be like, all right, well, if we can put Varvara at first, we can. Get rid of Nevins, but Bavra plays. Terry Bavra is
4: left-handed, and Nevins right. right-handed, and Hyde is super into these splits. So I think no, I don't. I don't think I think Bavra and and, and uh, right. But if you Nevins have two positions, two different positions,
2: All right. two different uh, okay. roles. Okay, because then bringing Stowers up, you're still left and. I got you. Yeah, it's still not the left. But, but, but Brett Phillips for Stowers is a straight-up trade. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that makes just It's just a swap. Too much. That so a much. Trade is, yeah. Yeah. It's just that's the type of move Michael I should be able to make in this sleep. Our current roster, our current 40-man has 39 people on it, so there's a spot there for Stowers. You just got to make the move. Yeah. Um, the other
4: thing that we're being, and, and listen, we're, we're very much alive we're, in the playoff run. I don't oh want yeah. to sound super negative just because we're depressed we're over a bad weekend. We're nitpicking in
2: the playoff run. What's that? Yeah, we're nitpicking in a playoff run.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We are. And, and that's why I, I started the show, and I'll go back there again. Like I'm enjoying the ride. And I'm not, honestly, like I'm complaining now, but I don't spend my free time complaining about um, uh, Odor being in the lineup or whatever. Like I don't. At the end of the day, I'm just thrilled that the Orioles are playing good baseball, and I'm I'm happy about happy about the Orioles. I've been wearing my Orioles cap everywhere, trying to get a little attention. I've been wearing it, and honestly, um, the past week, I got two comments about it. Both of them though were not really about it. Both of them saw my hat and said, "Oh, are you a Ravens fan?" So okay. maybe that so, says something about making, but. Both of them are well, like, oh, people. you're from Baltimore. Are you Ravens fan? It's like, right. Yes, but I'm At also I say, fan.
2: I like the Duck. Yeah, um, but I get it. It's football season. People who aren't way into baseball right now are getting into football. Yeah, and, and especially with colleges starting to come back, you're in Georgia now, so yeah. this is all college football town or states. Everyone's getting excited. There's a lot of that going on down here in Florida. So.
4: Yeah, they care a lot more about college football than anything else. Um, but the other, while I'm kind of griping about a couple of just minor things, let's get to the Dia Hall thing, Josh. And we can talk about, all right. first of all, let, let's start here. Do you have any issue? And maybe you don't because you were there. But should he have started at home? Is it fair to him I, for his first start to be in a kind of a playoff race atmosphere type? Is that like a tough spot to put Dia Hall? How do you feel no. about the timing
2: for the Dia Hall call-up? Call I would have liked it the week before at home, but I don't I don't care. Um, DL Hall is from Valdasto, Georgia. Um, which is down here I mean, you know, it's that's South Georgia. So he's this is kinda if you want family and stuff to come to a game, it's not a bad place to have your first game. Yeah. His family looks freaking stressed out watching him pitch. Yeah, well <laughs> I mean I don't can't really blame him. Um, he looked very chill and relax pregame. He was not very worried. I, I did watch him in pregame. He had like a, you know those things that they clip onto something and then they stretch their arms out like the armbands? Yep. And you, you do like that bu- butterfly pose with them? Sure. He couldn't find a place to clip it out on the field. So finally he came on over to the sideline and in front of a bunch of fans, he just clipped it to the to the net.
5: Hmm.
2: And then just started working out right there with his back to the hands, which always struck me as odd. I'm like, so it's your first time, and you are just going to, all these fans, it's all these Oriole fans who are super excited because there's got some high hopes for you, and you're going to sit there and do your back stretches right in front of them like that. I thought that was pretty interesting. I also noticed that when he went and did his warm-ups in the uh, bullpen, that all the Oriole pitchers circled up to watch. So there's definitely been talk about the stuff that he has. Um, I don't care that it was on the road. It's fine. It was cool for me that I got to see it. I do, I did after the, looking back and after the struggles, I did think about a guy like Adley Rushman and how we talk about how we'll give Adley a month. I think it took him two weeks to get settled in. And yet we bring a pitcher up from the minors and we expect him to perform in his first game. And I did, so I do think there's a little bit of that where it's like, was it the right time? I don't know. When they, I, Here's what I don't get. And this is probably where you're going to. We're probably on the same page. Is the usage, announcing the usage after making him a starter. What's the point of letting him start one game to then go out and say, we're going to use him out of the bullpen the rest of the season? Yeah, and if even the talk
4: before the game... Confuses me a little bit where Hyde's all like, well, I don't know how we're going to use them. He's here. He's here in Tampa. Right. Uh, um, I don't know how we're going to use them. And then he starts the, the the next day. Well, if you knew he was going to start the next day, just say he's going to start the next day. I sometimes you get too cute with this. Oh, I don't know how, how you're going to use them. So stop acting like, oh, this is a surprise. It's not like the orders all of a sudden saw him play one start, had him play one start and said, okay, we're changing everything. He's going to, to the bullpen. No, like this was the plan all the time. So, stop acting like you don't know what you're doing because you do. There's a plan here.
2: Right. There was a plan. And and I don't mind him in the bullpen. I like the idea of him in the bullpen, a young guy who you're limited in and give him experience in the bullpen, let him come out that way. I like that. But I don't understand giving him a start and then going to the bullpen. If you want him to be a starter, make him a starter. Why let him start, then go to the bullpen? It's kind of almost a demotion. I'm sure they had to talk with him beforehand of, hey, after this one start, we're going to use you in the bullpen, and I don't know. Maybe it's so that to declare that, hey, in the next year, he's one of our he's one of our arms in our rotation. That you put him in the rotation now, so we don't have a whole offseason of uh, is he a bullpen guy? Yeah, or do you, I, or maybe do you think it's that? Do you think it's he's such a high uh, prospect that it's like embarrassing to put him in the bullpen? I guess. Start. I mean, you're going
4: way faster than I was anticipating. I also I wanted to talk about who's catching and his appearance, but fine, we can go to how. No, I have, a, I have a huge problem with,
2: I, with the catching as well.
4: I, um, but as far as his future, his, his what they're doing, starting and then bullpen, I actually am okay with it. I think it makes sense. I'm like, I like the fact that they let him get one start in. I mean, I think a big concern with the Orioles, I think there, there's two things here. One is the innings limit, right? Where yeah. um, the year before he only threw thirty innings, twenty twenty he didn't throw at all, obviously because of that season. So right. the past two years he's only thrown thirty one innings total. This year is already up to seventy seven. This allows him to, I don't know, hit a hundred or something, but keep his innings down. I think. I mean, that's to me the D Hall story. The biggest takeaway this whole season is going to be, assuming everything goes well you know, the last month is that DL Hall has stayed healthy the whole season. To me, that's a bigger story than anything else. Cause he's been hurt so much. The fact that DL Hall stayed healthy the whole season is a biggest story. With that said, again, if you're looking, what's going to help my team, honestly, in a playoff hunt, DL Hall is too inconsistent right now as a starter that I think I would prefer him out of the bullpen, figuring yeah. things out. This gives you the chance to, I don't think they're going to use him in high level situations. I think he's going to be like that guy when you need two or three innings in, in, in a blowout situation. So it allows him to kind of get used to pitching the majors without being a starter and pitching these high level situations in, in, in a playoff race. So I think it's a really good position for him. I'm also okay with him sending him back to Norfolk to kind of, um, you know, adjust to the reliever role because I think it is a bit of adjustment. So you have right. him in the bullpen for, down the stretch he can get used to pitching in the majors um, for the rest of the season. Then he comes back next year and is hopefully competing for an opening day starting pitching rotation. Like he's he's still a starter. This is about inning yeah. limiting your innings. And also, I don't think like I don't know if he's your best starting option at this point. Um, I would feel more comfortable honestly at this point with probably of Austin Both that 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 than I would a deal Hall just because that is where he's at in his career. Um, so I'm okay with how they're using him. And I'm okay that he even got, got a start. I think good for him. Let him have the experience. Um, and now, you know, help us out in the bullpen the rest of the season. I'm, I'm okay with all of it.
2: All right. I agree with that. But you're right. You brought up earlier, and it is an issue. And it is. I don't know if it's if it's Manager Hyde being too cute. No. I, but, I think it's an
4: oversight. The, I think it's one of the dumbest the, oversights by Manager think it's Hyde. think an oversight? Of the entire season. Yes.
2: I think he messed it up. I, But how did he mess it up? Every single Oriole fan noticed it immediately, and he not fixed it before they actually handed off rosters. Yeah. I mean, it makes, on so many
4: levels, it makes sense to have Adley Rutschman back there, right? They know each other because they pitched to each other before. What's Adley Rutschman's strength? Pitch framing. What's D.L. Hall's weakness? (laughs) Accuracy. Location. Location. And all of a sudden, you have a great pitch framer to help with the location. Instead, you have yeah. Chirinos, who has no experience with D. Hall, doesn't know his stuff, doesn't know his throw, and can't frame at all, so can't help D.L. Hall out at all on those border pitches, doesn't know his stuff. Rutchman knows all D. Hall stuff because he caught him a ton before. I mean, I was at the game, Josh, I was at the game where they were doing rehab together at Aberdeen. I saw D.L. Right. Hall this year. That's D.L. Hall. Pitched to um, um, Rutschman at Aberdeen, and I thought, oh, this is so great. And then when they were called up to boo
2: together, I thought this is fantastic. Yeah, that was the conversation we had was we thought, okay, you move them up together. Yes, it's so smart be because you get you, they get to know each other. We
4: invest all that time in doing that and deal all for a start. You don't even have Rutschman catch. You have cheernos catch. What are you right. doing, Hyde? It was just well, so dumb. And I think you did it because he wasn't thinking day 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 game after night game, um, and just kind of doing what you always do, not accounting for the fluid situation and happen with your players.
0: This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off, and 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva macy's star rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees more at macy's.com star rewards savings off sale and clearance prices exclusions apply the venture x card from capital one gives you premium travel benefits perfect for seeing taylor swift the eras tour presented by capital One. one oh i do love her earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel.
3: Enjoy your stay in Sweet 13.
0: Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet?
2: Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. No, I don't... It wasn't an oversight. He did it on purpose. I think he was trying to be too cute and say, oh, I got a rookie uh, pitcher. I'm going to put the veteran behind the plate. And he was trying to be cute. And I think that was his logic. Though it makes... No sense. I, because it, it couldn't have been an oversight because he had so many opportunities where he could have fixed it, where he could have changed it. It was not, he could have changed it at any point leading up to handing those cards off. And Mike Elias, you think he doesn't pay attention? He could have saw the, the lineup and called down and said, Brendan, what are you doing? Give Adley off tomorrow. You have a day game tomorrow also. Give him off tomorrow. Yep. Could, could the day before, the other day. Like, you had other days. Any day but this. Yeah. Bump DL Hall. To, if you really need Adley to have Saturday off, bump DL Hall to Sunday. Yeah. It's so dumb. And it puts us as
4: fans in this weird position, given the lineup construction, which, again, I don't know how much influenced Michael Elias. Like, I assume, I assume just given kind of the new wave of GMs, that the GMs have a lot of say, not just in roster, but they have a lot of say in lineup construction and all that too, right? Like I assume Michael Elias. do you think right. Michael Elias has a say with the lineup? Yes. Yeah, I assume yeah, so I think too. He has
2: definitely has a say. But I, I, I just, um,
4: I, I but, wonder. Hyde, Hyde is going to be up for if the Orioles make the playoffs. Hyde wins the manager of the year. It's
2: a done right. deal. Orioles make the playoffs. But this is, and this is what's so frustrating for us Oriole fans is, we can argue day to day. He's manager of the year, manager of the year, manager of the year. Then he does something completely stupid. Yeah, that any of us could have managed differently. Yeah, and I
4: don't, I don't get it. I know, and I feel like it's weird because on the one hand, like props, props, props to manager Hyde for sticking with this team, for getting this team to compete every night, for creating a culture. Like I think this is, the manager should get credit for creating a a winning culture. Yes that everyone's kind of bought into. With that said, though, yeah, I'm with you, Josh, where there's decisions almost every day, whether whether it's the lineup, whether it's who's catching, whether it's kind of, I mean, I thought they should have walked, intentionally walked that guy yesterday. The, like, there's just decisions every day where I'm like, right. eh, I don't know about that. I, I wish you would have chose differently. And, and maybe that's true with every manager, but it seems like now that we're in the playoff hunt, like not only are the players being tested, but this is also like you're testing your, 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 your manager. Like your manager is being tested as this is the first time that that Manager Hyde has had to really manage in high leverage situations. And I think yeah. there's a big difference. I think there's a big difference in managing in high leverage games compared to managing in ga- games that don't matter. I just don't know if Manager Hyde thinks there's a difference because it seems to me that Manager Hyde is managing... The same way, whether we're you know a game on the playoffs, except or whether we're thirty games on the playoffs, and I think there should be a difference it, with how we use personnel. But, and but stuff. what makes
2: it even more confusing for me is he had he used, used like fifty different roster like lineups. It's not like he goes with the same thing. Okay, on Saturdays this is our lineup. Right, it's not He's like a Buck Showalter thing. So many thing. times, yeah, right. That it's not a, it's not even predictable. Right
4: right it's like so that would it feels be very counter. much to me josh like he's and maybe this is not true maybe it's elias and whatever but just it seems to me that he doesn't know what to do <laughs> that he he's trying a I bunch of you. stuff but still like i still feel like almost every day like it's i don't know the last time i saw the lineup and said you know that's the lineup and part of it's now because Mountcastle's out like if malcastle was in our lineup would be better obviously or oh, well, he's in today is he is he playing today
2: yeah. He, very well.
4: Okay, he was. Out, I know you, know you don't I, watch I the like games. Watch still, after I, the you don't watch
2: the game, so I'm being polite yeah. to you. He's um, playing. Well, fine. he's
4: playing the Blue Jays, so I assume he's having a good game. But he he didn't play he that has, day because of his hand contusion or whatever. Yeah, but he's he back. does
2: do great in Canada. Yeah. Yes, I will give you that. All right. Um, but no. So
4: to wrap up our conversation, um, Deal Hall, Rushman should have caught Deal Hall was demote. Also, can I just one other comment about this? Just wrapping it up. Yeah, I just feel bad again for Nick Vespi. It's screwed again because of Dia Hall got up. <laughs> yeah, Nick Vespi, who I really like a lot and think can be a good piece, um, was was uh, sent down to A again. I assume will be back up at some point. Um, I yeah, he will be. But then Dia Hall was sent down. I, I guess he'll be down in the minors for a couple weeks, and then we'll see him as that bullpen piece. But again, I I hope not at the cost of of Nick Nick Vespi. But um, I, I guess when rosters expand in September, you can keep Vespi and Hall in that bullpen. And so I, I guess I, I guess September call ups when the rosters expand, you'll call up
2: Hall. But remember, it's now only like a two-person. You get expansion. two more guys, yeah.
4: Right. You get what it goes from twenty-six to twenty-eight, I think, or something. Right. So you you get Hall and then Stowers, I guess. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
4: Yeah, but I guess they'll make the decision in, in two weeks.
2: Yeah, we'll find out. But I don't. I, I again, we're nitpicking and we're complaining a lot today. But we're uh, what a game out of the <laughs> a game out of playoffs. Yeah, we're happy. No, we are. We're, we've we've already this week we won our fifty eighth game. Right? Don't we have fifty eight wins or do we have fifty nine? I think something like that. Either way, it was based, It was what um, ESPN predicted us to have for the entire season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, feeling, I I, I bet 61.5, I bet the over on my yeah. bookie. I'm feeling pretty,
4: pretty good about that bet.
2: Yeah, I wish I would have gotten in on that bet. I don't think I did. Well. It, I did get in on some AL East, or AL Division bets. But I'm not feeling great about that. As good as the 61.5. 61.5 was a great line. Yeah, that Buster only said he'll bet the farm the Orioles won't, won't reach. Oh, I wish I took that bet, Buster.
4: Yeah. The ol the other big bet I made is um is for Adley Rushman R- rookie of the year. And he's making a good run in it, Josh. It's just that Julio Rodriguez for Seattle. Yeah. I don't know if he can Rushman's catch him but just shame. It,
2: but with Rodriguez going, there's not even talk of Adley.
4: I know. I know. So I'm I mean, I'm hoping for like a an over thirty two slump or something. <laughs>
2: because um, that's injury. the only chance that Adley has to even make a dent into Julio's huge lead. No. But, hey, Adley is automatically MVO. He's the MVO this year. No question. Yeah. Even with a month left of baseball or a month and a half left, he's already written in as the MVO. There's no one else to vote for on this team.
4: Yeah. And, by the way, we're 59 wins. Okay.
2: All right, good. So we've outperformed. Yeah. Will uh, I Will my bookie pay you this week? Or do they make you wait till the end of the season? End of the season, which is a
4: shame because um, I can't bet on football games until I get my money from <laughs> from this. So I'm well, going to be a little late bet on the football games.
2: I will say the Orioles definitely screwed me and my my bookie account this weekend in Tampa.
4: Oh uh, yeah, see I haven't put any money in the whole season, and it's a sh- and I was just thinking crap I could have been winning some money because I just always bet the Orioles and they've been doing so right. well beating the odds. Um what wait, I probably would have lost it all again anyway. But I here's what, I've what been the Orioles do
2: betting this year. Here's what the Orioles do to my my to my my bookie account. When I bet low, they win. When I get cocky and say, "Oh, I'm putting 30 40 bucks on this game." They yeah. lose. Yeah. So then that's a, if, but if I do $5, they win. They win. They'll win and I'll get my $6 payout.
4: Yeah. Josh, you were at the game on Sunday. They were two outs away from a perfect game. There's only I shared with yeah. you the stats. Such a torn, has been won in such 10 a years. torn way
2: to be there. Yeah.
4: Um, such a weird
2: thing as an opponent there.
4: We, we once saw um, uh, a no-hitter. Yeah, Hideo Nomo pitched a no-hitter for the Red Sox against at Camp in yep. Camden Yards. Yeah, um, Josh, were you? Was there any part of you rooting to see history a perfect game, or were you excited when Mateo with that double to break it up? Um,
2: it would be cool to see history. I was never rooting for history. It was interesting to see the crowd because the game was moving fast, and it was a and you know how those go when it's when it's dominant pitching. It's just it's a fast moving game, right? So the game's moving fast. It's kind of boring because the Rays aren't scoring many runs either. It's not like it's a blowout or anything. Um, yeah, the bullpen actually. Got, that, that game, got the
4: bullpen through like five shutout innings for the Orioles. They were yeah. locked down.
2: I mean, that one pitch, that three-run shot, made the difference in the game. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he's dominating. And it got interesting because it wasn't a game that like it didn't feel like a no-hitter. It felt like the Orioles were just. Uh, Playing poorly, and then uh, I guess I don't know when I was texting with you. Probably the sixth, seventh inning about it, and then it was like um, the crowd still wasn't into it. And then the eighth, it must have been the bottom of the seventh. No, the eighth inning when he comes back out, suddenly the crowd's into it, and you hear the crowd getting loud. Every kind of every every out. Suddenly it's like everyone got a little Twitter. I don't know if the MLB sent out a, a notification. The little push notification saying, "Hey, uh, the little eyes."
4: Yeah. Because I saw a tweet by Jeff Pass saying,
2: "Everybody, I'm not
4: going to say anything, but everyone should be watching Tampa Bay versus Baltimore right now."
2: Really interesting. I went to the bathroom around the same time, and and the raised broadcast crew. You know, when you leave the the s- stadium and go in the back, you hear the you hear the TV broadcast, yes, or the radio broadcast, and their their plug was coming back after these commercials, we'll be back and see if we can get this, and see if uh, magic happens, and we see a perfect game today. And that was going into the ninth inning, the break right between. And I was like, what happened to the whole baseball rule of you don't say it? Yeah. Yeah, I think, at some point I think it goes
4: out the window, but yeah, and Rasmussen was on like, I was more, he was through like 80 pitches or something into the ninth inning. He wasn't throwing that many pitches at all either. No.
2: No, I was more excited about, Friday night when Voth took a no-hitter into the fifth. Yeah. I was way more excited about that. That, I noticed, was happening. Yeah, agreed. So it would have been cool to see history, but it was kind of also fun to stand up and cheer when Mateo got that hit as a whole bunch of fans in the stadium are just pissed, and he gets that hit, and it's like a half the, half the fans stood up and walked out of the stadium. Yeah. It was like, I got to beat traffic now. Yeah. Because at that point, so. the game wasn't that close. Um, well, it was four to one. It yeah, was four but his, his last inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Yep. Um, so. But as Orioles fans, and it was you just never what heard. happened.
2: Something happened. But it was interesting because Mateo got that hit, and then, uh, who was it? Was it Phillips? It might have been Phillips that got to first base on a passed ball. Oh yeah, he struck out. And still out got the first. Ball. Yeah, yeah. And I, because I turned to Kelly at that point, and I said, "This Orioles season has been really weird this year. It would not surprise me if the Orioles won this game at yeah. this point because so many strange things have happened with this team. Now it didn't turn out that way, and the game ended two batters later. Yeah, and there would have been, and or maybe one batter later,
4: might have been a double play. And and there would have been something kind of hilarious though, Josh, about thinking about this about Mateo got the hit right, and then yeah. Phillips came in." And struck out and got to first. So he would have – so Brett Phillips could
2: have broken up a perfect game oh, yeah. by striking well, the, out and the, running to first, which would have been hilarious. Oh, No, I had that conversation as well when Phillips was in the in – um, on deck circle because I told – same thing, talking to Kelly during the game. I said I would not let Phillips bat. I would pull anyone off the bench than Phillips because I do not want Phillips in his position to break up a, a perfect game. Because the only thing Phillips can do is keep that bat on his shoulder and give him an opportunity to strike him out. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's friends with all those guys. He's friends with Vastimus. He cannot swing at a pitch there. Yeah. It's an awkward situation, and I would not have let him bat.
4: Well, it, yeah, in his defense, he could Once try we'll his best. Got the hit, it didn't matter. He could try his level best, and, still and he still out. wasn't going to hit it. Because he's Brett Phillips, he's batting 145. I know, so I don't really would have mattered.
2: But everybody looks into something.
4: Yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, I think at some point this offseason, maybe we're also going have to have to have kind of revisit some of these conversations. I, I hinted before, like that Mateo has stepped up and had a great year. One of the best defensive shortstops in baseball, offensively, after yes. a rough first half, has been a lot better the second half of the year, batting like over 300. And he could be a really nice piece on this team where I think going into the season, we didn't realize it. Austin right. Voth, right, who who no one would have pegged because he was with the Nationals. Um, and even when we picked him up, it was like, what are you doing, Orioles? But now all of a sudden, Austin Voth looks like a legitimate option for your starting rotation. I mean, I think there's several guys that were not on the radar at all going into this season that all of a sudden have kind of maybe earned themselves um, at least the opportunity to fight for starting spots in on next year's team, no matter who we signed. Well, so I think that's going to be... I mean, to see how guys involved and Watkins and Kramer pitch down here in, in the stretch run, the playoff run, they're not just playing for the rest of this year. Like, you had Grayson Rodriguez, then, you had a free agent. Like, that starting rotation is to <laughs> start, start about, getting crowded. About, and so... And Kyle Bradish. And Kyle Bradish. So all of a sudden, that star rotation looks a little bit crowded when you add back, or oh, yeah. even mentioned John Means. You throw in John oh, Means, yeah, right. Grayson Rodriguez. Um, it gets a little bit crowded. Hopefully a free agent.
2: Right. That, right, exactly. We still want a dominant pitcher. Yeah. So we want to bring in we want to bring in a free agent. We have John Means, Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall. Assuming Jordan that Lyles is back. What? That's five. Yep. You just filled it up. Now Means might not be ready opening day. Okay, so you got a month, but that's a full rotation. Yeah, and then yeah,
4: and, that, so, and that's not including you didn't name all the guys who are pitching now. Pretty much, Gratis. I, I didn't Wolf, mention this year's Watkins. rotation. Oh, and Wells, Ty, Tyler Wells has to be a start, part of the
2: starting rotation. You didn't mention him. How? But how? How can you bring a guy in? Have John Means, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Tyler Wells, Jordan Lyles. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it, make sense. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, and that
4: and that's but that's what you want because you have listen. The fact that John means Grace Rodriguez got hurt is not like, oh my gosh, the Orioles are cursed. Like last year with the Ravens, the Ravens were cursed. It's not like two yes. players get hurt on your rotation is normal. I mean, Chris Sale is he the dude that just like fell off his bike or something? Is for the year? Yeah. Like this, this stuff happens all the time where players get hurt. So you need to have depth. Something the team has not had for a long time, but it looks like next year, both with the emergence of Hall and Rodriguez, hopefully the return of means, maybe Bradish taking the next step. You may actually have something like depth and it'd be interesting. Voth, Bradish, where do the guys fit into next year's rotation? But I think right. they have the rest of the season to prove kind of in these high competitive games. Um, I'm going to be really curious to see how they pitch.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting now to see, now that we're done with Tampa, it's nice to kind of check them off as like no more AL East games with Tampa.
4: Yeah, I'm happy. I don't like and playing now, Tampa.
2: No, I don't like playing Tampa either. Arena, tough I hope I never see him again. We got Toronto now. We've suddenly been playing really well against Toronto, which is great. We got Boston this weekend, which I know they won the one game, but that was kind of a crammed in game in our schedule. We had to go to them. This is Boston two thirds of the game at home. We should be all right. um we have that little League World Series game on Sunday up in Williamsport where oh, we play Boston Oh really is that one of the games that's why I was yeah that's why I was saying two thirds of it they they're, they're Sunday, all at home on the schedule We have Sunday, we play at seven ten and but it's in uh Williamsport. Oh is that going to be the e s p n game it's the e s p n game oh, that's fun, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see. Um, how many, How much do you think those ESPN reporters are hoping that the Orioles fall apart this week so they don't have to talk about how the Orioles are a legit contender? Oh, Buster Only If Buster only has to
4: call that game with the Orioles in a All playoff right. spot, he's going to be ticked. Exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and after that, we got the White Sox, Which, Astros, Cleveland. Yeah, the White Tough Sox. Games.
4: Huge playoff implications because the White Sox are right in the playoff hunt as well. Right. Houston's
2: not really playoff issues because they're going to win their division.
4: but Yeah, but they're fighting with the Yankees right. for the overall best record and home field advantage. Right. right. So. And I believe you think we're going to
2: catch up and pass the Yankees, right? Yeah, that's my plan. I mean, I mean the way the Yankees are playing <laughs> lately, maybe. And then after that, we got Cleveland. The Guardians, another Oakland, team in the playoff hunt. Another team. Oakland, not in the playoff hunt. Toronto, Boston, Washington, Toronto, Detroit. That's a good stretch. That should be a stretch of fun baseball for uh, two, two weeks.
4: Boston, Washington, Toronto, Detroit. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, then we got Houston, tough. Boston, four games. We should be fine. New York, three games tough. Toronto, three games tough. So I haven't gone through, but we have a month and a half left of baseball. We had a winning month in June, a winning month in July, um, we could get a winning month in August, and there's no reason we couldn't get a winning month in September. It's shocking how this is playing out. You trying to count? You trying to plan? You trying to pick a number? Well, of wins? We, no, we got, we
4: got. I was doing the record for August. We got eight wins in, in August. There we have what? One, two, three, four losses. So eight and four in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking pretty good in August. Eight and four in August. That's
2: what I got. Yeah. Thirteen games left, yeah. But yeah, that, yeah, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, but
4: I mean, and this is a long season. We'll find out how good the Orioles are. Uh, yeah. We can, but I, I mean, every game. I mean, Toronto playoff team, Boston. I know they're a little bit on the outside, but if they get hot, they could still make around the playoffs. I'm tired of people writing teams off, and you've seen teams win ten in a row. It was not out of the question. Um, so Boston, you know they're gonna be playing hard, they're trying to get back back in the playoff hunt. The White Sox playoff team, Houston playoff yep. team, Guardians playoff hunt team. Like these are, this is no Reds now for the rest of the month. I think the rest of the month is full of good teams competing for playoff spots. And we're going to find out uh, who the Orioles are. But but again, we'll go back to, to where we started. It's just, it's frustrating sometimes when we'll find out who good, who good how good they are and you see Brett Phillips in the lineup. Uh, like, like no, that's not right. how good the Orioles are. We are better than that. So so let's put the. I hope I hope um, we put the best li- li- lineup we can on the field. Um, Josh, we often see on Mondays promotions being made in the minors, and there were some promotions in the minors. Um, but no call ups from Norfolk on on the off day. Um, but right. but maybe maybe this time next week we'll
2: be talking about. I think Kyle Stowers makes sense to be the next guy up here. Um, but we'll see. He he does. I mean, he makes, but he's made too much sense. I, I mean, they're not going to bring anyone up into Toronto. Maybe Stowers doesn't have the shot. No, he was the he was the he, we, last no, time. he was for
4: Santander, who
2: now has the shot. No, yeah. our entire team is now vaccinated. Right. Uh, well, yeah, the like forty man. He's not on the forty man. I guarantee there's some minor leaguers that are not vaccinated. Yeah, but yeah, may, may,
4: maybe. But the other thing about the forty man is you can make the argument that you don't bring up Kyle Stowers because the forty man, but. I would point out here that we now have 39 people on the 40-man. So that we do have yes. one open roster spot for a 40-man guy.
2: Right. No, I agree. I, they're not going to bring anyone up while in Toronto. So your next opportunity is Barring Friday. injury. Yeah. Barring injury. Your next opportunity is Friday uh, home game against the Boston Red Sox. After an off day. No, you don't have an off day. you got the Cubs like a, for the one game. Oh, that I, you know what? I printed this schedule out at the beginning of the season. I forgot the Cubs, and that's in Baltimore, right? Yeah, that's
4: uh, finishing off that, what, one game, and then there was the rain. Yeah, the, the
2: split. Yeah, Right, we won the first game. All right, I, I forgot about that. that game. I guess I should update my schedule. All right, but either way, coming back, In fact, coming back for that Cubs game is a great opportunity for Stowers because you're squeezing in a game there where you were planning an off day. So you got guys you're going to want to give a rest there after this stretch. So that would make sense, bring Stowers up there. you got that extra man. And then you can give uh, Santander a day off or at least get him a DH slot.
4: Yep. So watch that Norfolk lineup. See if Kyle Stowers is ever out. That could be a sign that he's coming to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, Speaking of updates, though, Josh. New New Guy Thursday instead of New new Guy Friday. Yeah. Well, uh, wasn't Dia Hall. It was announced that
2: he was coming up, I think, on Friday, Friday. right? Yeah. And he came up. Yeah. And then he came up on Saturday. Yeah. But they announced it on Friday to stick with the New Guy Friday. Which I didn't even mention. I forgot, I didn't even mention Saturday, Saturday's game. I went to, I met up with Bert, Zany Bert Rohde. Oh, nice. At Saturday's game. So I had a nice catch up with him. I'm trying to convince him to come back to the show. All right. like come on back like once a month. And we have like first first of every month we get the Zany Burt Rohde or something back. Yeah. I'm trying to get him back. Yeah. Now but that the nice are good again, he's watching more games, he should come back. He's... He's way into the Orioles again now that they're now that they're doing well. Yeah. Oh. And I would have loved to have his take as we roll into Raven season, especially with the prospect of Joe Flacco coming and playing Week One.
4: Yeah, that's that's so wonderful. Um, I'm debating if Joe Flacco plays, who to root for. So I I, we'll talk about that later, though. (laughs) Because Um, well,
2: that goes more to how we love when Birdland freaks out. Yeah. Uh. And that's more of. (laughs) Watching that, you the Lamar Joe, and knowing how Twitter will go if Joe Flacco wins—that's your—that's what you're thinking about. I know. I just love Joe Flacco so much,
4: and I just—I uh, just think he's—it's hilarious. I do like him. Um, and we'll get to that though if it
2: happens. Yeah.
4: No, but oh, I wonder and with the whole DL Hall stuff, we never really talked about his performance, though. I know we're, we're going to run over here a little bit, but can I just say I thought DL Hall pitched really well. I was super impressed DL Hall. I know yeah. they got some cheap hits yeah, off too. him and I know he struggled with location a little oh, bit yeah. before his first start, I was super impressed with D.L. Hall. He's got strikeout Santander. stuff, you can tell, and I'm just pumped about the future of D.L. Hall.
2: Yeah, Santander was in left field that game and making just some stupid ang- angles at the ball. Yeah, yeah, there was a the ball that he should have got to that rolled past stupid him. Plays. There was some yeah. dink.
4: I mean, he only gave up five hits. There was just some dink hits. It just wasn't going his way, but he right. had that inning where he struck at the side. Like, I just think his stuff plays... And you can just tell by the type of swings people are getting him. He has a great fastball, great secondary pitches. And for his first start, I'm okay with it. I, I think Dia Hall is going to be, he's going to be really, really good. So I'm, I'm excited about right. Dia Hall. All right, Josh, let's get to it. We'll wrap yeah. up the show. Before we wrap up the show, oh, the- PlayStation update. Last week you dropped this- a bomb okay. live on the oh, podcast, the- a bomb that there's a Facebook group about this dude.
2: Yeah. So this may be the last PlayStation update. Oh, no. Um, So I did drop a bomb. And if you remember, I was a little hesitant about dropping the bomb because we were streaming on Facebook. As one should be. when everyone drops a bomb, you should do it hesitantly if you're ever going to drop a bomb. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, um, he found the podcast on Facebook and found the part where we talk about him. It's hilarious to me that he's a listener, too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah yeah and then
4: um i guess even scammers like listen to pot good entertaining podcasts so whatever right get us that download number
2: what happened is the next day the next day half my money showed up oh wow in cash he showed up to the house. I thought he was bringing the systems. It was no. It was half my money. You thought <laughs> he?
5: First of all, exactly. He well, showed up to your house. Your first thought was exactly. he's bringing the system.
4: My first thought would well, be he's, like
2: he's coming to to fight me after I dropped a bomb
5: oh, on the I podcast.
2: Not
4: You're my right. last I'm thought way, would be he's bringing the systems.
2: Oh, I'm way too nice to this guy. Yeah. All right. So then, the Facebook group. But half the money finds, finds out, out about. about the, then the Facebook group finds out about the uh, podcast. As well. How to, so then okay. the Facebook group, the, the uh, admin of the Facebook group, then starts private messaging the guy's wife about it. About the podcast? About, about and, and about my money. And about my money and about, and telling his wife about how her husband owes Josh money. And these other people money and how he only paid Josh half and this guy's messaging <laughs> messaging the the PlayStation guy's wife what on Facebook so that yeah okay. Facebook messenger okay yeah. then it rolls over into the neighborhood uh, group where people are commenting about the scammer in the neighborhood because because all these scammers the scammer, are members
4: of the neighborhood all these, these scams is, the, the, the victims are all
2: in the they, neighborhood. Yeah, because he's it's all he's scamming everyone that lives like in the same. Neighborhood. Yeah, you don't scam your neighbors. Yeah, and the neighborhood. So someone posted on the neighborhood group, "Hey, I got these barn doors for sale," and he posted, "I'd like to buy them." So then all that oh, <laughs> everyone no. was commenting on him, being like, "Hey, instead of giving that money to the barn doors, how about you? How about you pay me back? How about you pay me yeah, back?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then someone else. Then, uh, uh, the person I'm not allowed to talk about on this podcast. Uh, posted. Get in line. <laughs> so, some other people got scammed that I'm not related to anymore as well. Apparently, um, but anyway, so it turned into all this. Then they're messaging his wife and harassing his wife about the money on my behalf. You should behalf. never message the
4: wife. It's not the wife's problem that he she married this dude. So
2: back so off the then, So the scammer, so the PlayStation scammer, then calls me while I'm in Tampa. This was uh, Saturday. Calls me while I am in the trap. And it's like, I'm bringing the rest of your money over now. I said, oh, no, I'm out of town. He goes, well, i got to give it to you now. So said, you can remember me. No, i got the cash for you. i got to give it to you now. Yeah, this guy only deals in cash. Said, I'm bringing it, Straight cash. I'm bringing home. it to your house. I said, I go, I'm in Tampa. So he said, well, who's at your house? Someone's at your house. I said, oh, my mother-in-law's there. He said, well, I'm giving it to her. And then you, I need a message from you to say that I do not owe you any money. So that I can show my (laughs) wife. So the other half got delivered on uh, Saturday to my house. So now I have all the money I gave him. You got all your money back. Exactly the amount that I paid him back 17 months. So I basically gave him an interest-free loan for 17 months.
4: But I I, I, I feel bad now. I
2: can't call this guy a scammer
4: anymore if you got your money back. That's that's not a good scam. No, he's still he's still it's
2: it's a it's a horrible scam. But you got your money. It's, back. He's still a scammer. Okay. Oh, you think this? You think this came out of his bank account? I'm sure he went and lied to someone else to get money. Yeah. So, someone down. there. So, but down here's here. the thing:
5: it's, there's I someone now new this the Facebook, group, Facebook group. Facebook. I now
2: have this Facebook group that keeps growing. Yeah. And this Facebook group, oh, almost called the guy when I was trying to look up the Facebook group. The Facebook group keeps growing. It's now 30 members deep. (laughs) To become a member of this group, Josh, do you have to have been
4: an actual victim or can anyone join? Yes.
2: No, you have to be a victim. You have to show some credentials. If they come in and they're not a victim, they get kicked out of the group. So we now have 30 victims. When you join the Facebook group, the question is, how did Rick scam you? (laughs) That didn't say. First time I've said his name on this podcast. Might have to bleep that part out. Yeah, you're
4: kind of admitting that, that you're a sucker. This is a Facebook group for suckers. I I, right. I'm going to, exactly. I think all the <laughs> anyway, other scammers are going to look at this Facebook group for guys that they can scam in the future. Anyway, here's
2: my question for you. Yeah. Remember, about a year ago, when I first shared this with you, I said, hey, I should do a podcast. Right, we, we just right. read just the text. Read the text and read the lies. Yeah. Well, now there's a whole new, and I kind of shut that down. Now there's a whole new angle that I have 30 people.
4: Yeah. A lot of interviews. Yeah, I have thirty.
2: I have thirty interviews that I can do, and mix in. And now I'm starting to think, maybe there should be a ten episode series about the neighborhood scammer. Yeah. So, podcasts might be back on the table now that now that it's really grown into more than just a bad friend to just a bad friend to many people and a bad neighbor, who I hear is now putting a fence up in his yard. Wow, which seems like the classic ending. Which seems like the classic ending to pissing off all your neighbors. Yeah. There's also talk of a barbecue in his neighbor's yard, before the fence goes up. Okay. Just for people who have been scammed. Oh yeah, get together. I guess a get together. Victims. We anonymous all, anonymous get the together. one thing we have in common is the guy next door, is a jerk. Yeah. So all right. Well, that's that's the, the final PlayStation update until I'm ready to run a commercial for the new podcast I'm launching. Yeah. All right. Well, that Josh, I've enjoyed this,
4: I've enjoyed this whole podcast, uh, you know, PlayStation Updates. This podcast will never be the same without the PlayStation Epilogue. Updates. Epilogue. But, but we had a good run. Yeah. We had a good run with this segment.
2: It was good. It was good run. I appreciate everyone's comments and uh, prayers and all that over the last 17 months. <laughs> it's been nice. Yeah. All right.
4: Well, let's get out of here. You can uh, register a review on iTunes. You can support us on section336.com patreon enjoy this orioles playoff run playoff hunt with section 336 we're with right. you every step
2: of the way maybe lots not on monday nights off. i can talk to you about that josh after the show yeah we're gonna we're gonna well we've been kind of adjusting all summer with all of our personal stuff going on so we'll adjust our our release date again but we'll still be weekly yeah yeah we got too oh, much yeah. stuff to talk about every week oh yeah lots to talk about all right but, yeah, I've been putting up lots of new shirts on Section336.com and I'm going to continue to roll that out. So keep going over there. Oh, yes. Yeah, Even working out a deal to get them cheaper. Oh, nice. So hopefully we'll see that soon as well.
4: Yeah, I need to get one of those Section36 shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. You mean the new ones? Yeah, one well, of the new ones. I got the old ones. The ones.
2: I'll, I'll I'll show you I'll show you after the show one that I just designed using that new logo that's pretty slick. All right.
4: I'll check it out. Yeah. All right, you can follow us on Twitter for all our updates and posting our shirts and stuff. The Twitter handle, at Section336Show. You can follow me on Twitter, at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter, at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.
1: That's promo code doyou O U one zero for an extra $10 on the free Upside app. Get cash back for doing you with the free app from Upside.
3: Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 smart bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool, so you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs.